Amen. So let's turn to Scripture. Wendy's going to come and read to us from uh, Galatians chapter 3. Good morning. Faith or observance of the law. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you? because you observe the law, or because you believe what you heard. Consider Abram. He believed God, and he was credited to him as righteous. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abram. The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on, on faith. On the contrary, the one who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone, who hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can I just add one word to the notices, and that is to say that if you fear that you've missed out on the Bible course because it started last week, then be encouraged because it didn't. Uh, Too many people couldn't make it last week, so we're starting this week on Thursday, and we'll meet at 7.30 on Thursday in the garden room. So if you'd like to do the Bible course, turn up 7.30 on Thursday. I want to look at a verse that's not actually in the passage that was read to us by Wendy, but a few verses before that. And it's this verse that you've got on the screens. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself for me.
some wonderful words of scripture. And my challenge to you this week is learn this verse off by heart and think about it this week and all that it means to you. And we'll think about it this morning and what it should mean to us as Christians trusting in the Lord Jesus and in his death and resurrection for us. The Apostle Paul, as you know, had been Saul, the Pharisee. He'd been very proud of the way he believed he'd kept all of the law of God written in the Old Testament and a few more as well that the Pharisees had uh, added to hedge around God's law. And he'd heard these rumours about Jesus, that people were saying that Jesus was the Messiah. But Jesus had been crucified by the Romans. And so this claim must have been false. And he hated those who believed these things and set about persecuting them and throwing them into prison. Until that day when he was on his way to Damascus to try to destroy the church there. And the risen Christ met him on that road and his whole life was turned upside down because now he knew that the Lord Jesus, that Jesus who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, as we've been saying in our creed, Jesus who was crucified, was risen from the dead and was indeed both Christ and Lord, Lord of glory. And his whole world was turned upside down in that moment. And in this verse that we're looking at this morning, Paul speaks of what the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus now mean for him. He knows that Jesus' death and resurrection are more than just facts of history, though they are that. He knows they're also events which are of vital concern to him, that he was involved in Christ's death and resurrection. That when Jesus died, there was a sense in which he, Paul, was crucified. And when, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he, Paul, received new life in him and from him. And he knows that Jesus' death and resurrection were a demonstration of just how much Jesus loved him and gave himself for him. And so I want us to look at these verses which express the passion of the Apostle Paul for the gospel message, the things that drove him on through persecution and shipwreck and beatings to proclaim this message throughout the world of his day because it's so important to him and should be so important to us. These words speak to our hearts about the wonder of the gospel message. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I want us to look at what these verses mean to us, ought to mean, particularly as we come in a while to the communion table and remember afresh Christ's death for us and his resurrection for us. What do these verses mean, or this verse mean? Firstly, it means this is the place where I have been brought to judgment. Paul once felt able to sit in judgment on Jesus. He saw him as a charlatan who was leading people astray. But now he has encountered the risen Lord Jesus. He knows that the crucifixion was the place not only where Jesus was wrongly brought to judgment, but he knows that it's the place where he, Paul, has been brought to judgment, or perhaps I should say, saw the Pharisee was brought to judgment. He knows that he wasn't a perfect law keeper at all. But as he says in his letter to the Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He knew that he was deserving of God's judgment and death. But when Jesus died on the cross, that sentence of judgment, of condemnation, was passed upon our sin, Paul's sin, my sin, your sin, there at the, at the cross. And Paul knows that he was brought to judgment there and that there is now no longer any condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. Have we understood this truth? Looking at the cross, coming round this table, we see that we were brought to judgment there at the cross, and that judgment day is past for us. It's history for us. No more condemnation. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Secondly, when Paul looks at the cross and the resurrection of Christ, he sees that here is the ground of his assurance. As Saul the Pharisee, where was his assurance of acceptance with God? It was this, that he'd done everything that God required. He'd kept the law perfectly. As far as the law was concerned, he was spotless and righteous, or that's what he thought. But now everything has changed. The I in which he took such pride has been crucified with Christ. It no longer exists. But Christ lives in him. It's Christ now who is at the centre of his confidence and assurance. It's Christ who is his assurance of acceptance with God. It's Christ who is his advocate at the Father's right hand. And his whole confidence lies not in what he has done, for he knows that even his best deeds have fallen short of all that he should be. But his confidence is in Christ. 
an old hymn which you may or may not know by Horatius Bonar. Says it, puts it like this, Not what I am, O Lord, but what thou art. That, that alone can be my soul's true rest. Thy love, not mine, bids fear and doubt depart and stills the tumult of my troubled breast. Here's the ground of Paul's confidence, day by day, the ground of his standing with God. Why do so many Christians lack assurance? Why do so, are so many filled with doubts and fears and worries that they perhaps are not good enough for God? Those doubts and fears arise when we look within ourselves. We look at our own repentance, our own spirituality, our own feelings, and we're aware of how far we fall short of all we should be. But when we look to Christ and see that he has done all for us, then we can be assured of our acceptance with God. Not I. But Christ is the ground of our acceptance. We change day by day, up or down, but he is unchanging, unchanging in his love for us and in his acceptance of us. And thirdly, this, says Paul, is the source of my life. Christ lives in me. The life I now live, says Paul, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As I look at Christ crucified for me and risen for me, I see that his risen life is now at work in me. By the Spirit of God, I have been given a share in the risen life of Christ. I am a new creation and the whole life that I live, I seek to live not out of my power, my effort, my best intentions, but out of Christ's power living, me, living in me. Christ lives in me, says Paul. This is the source of my life. We, we are called to live under the shadow of the cross day by day putting to death all that does not please God, but living out of the power of the risen Christ within us, the life of discipleship, the life of following Christ and seeking by the Spirit's power to be more like him. Christ lives in me, lives through me to touch the lives of others also with his life. Here's the source of my life. And fourthly, and lastly, here is the basis of my hope. Christ lives in me, says Paul. And in his letter to the Christians at Colossae, he says to them, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ risen from the dead, is ascended into glory and Christ's living presence in you is the hope that you also will share in his glory to come.
Paul uses an interesting word to describe the gift of the Holy Spirit to Christians. It's a word that's very difficult to translate into English. It's the word arabon in, uh, in Greek, and it really means like a seal, put on something that somebody's bought, perhaps. A seal they put on it that is a declaration of ownership and the guarantee that they will come to fetch it away. It's wonderfully translated in the NIV in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, which read like this in the NIV, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit, who brings the life of the risen Lord Jesus into our lives, is like Christ's engagement ring, given to us as the declaration that we are his, and that one day we will be joined to him in a far more wonderful way. We will share with him in glory. Paul puts it like this in Romans 8 and in verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Do you hear what Paul's saying? The Holy Spirit... The risen life of Christ is in you now. And that's the guarantee of resurrection to come when you will share fully in the glory of the risen Saviour at his coming. Christ in you is your hope of glory, your guarantee of glory to come. So to sum up, as we look at this verse of Scripture, as we look at Christ crucified and risen, as we come round this table to remember what he has done for us, what do you see? Here is the place where my sin was brought to judgment, where the I was crucified with Christ. No more condemnation. This is the ground of my assurance, of my acceptance with God. Not I, but Christ. He is the one who brings me into the presence of God. This is the source of my life, to live the Christian life day by day, not out of my own power, but through Christ living in me by his Spirit, enabling me to follow Christ and live for him. And this is the basis of my hope, the guarantee of glory to come, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So here's your challenge. Learn this verse off by heart. It's not very long. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me 
and gave himself for me. Have those words ringing in your heart this week. Think about them and all that they mean. And may they fill you with joy and peace and assurance and power in believing in his name. Amen.